Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 21, the Quantum Tao. To tell the virtuous from all the others, you need only one criterion. Does that person follow the Tao? The substance of the Tao is impalpable and intractable. While it is impalpable and intractable, it manifests itself in the phenomenal world, and it is not without substance. While it is shadowy and empty, it shows itself in the spiritual realm. The spiritual essence of the Tao is both truthful and dependable. From the ancient times till now, the name of the Tao has persisted, and it has pleased the wise masters. How do I know about these wise masters? I use the criterion mentioned above. That's verse 21 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lok Sang Ho. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it and we'll take each part, one idea, at a time. Part 1 talks about choosing the Tao. Part 2 talks about the Tao always being in motion, and something from nothing and back again is kind of the nature of the Tao. And then Part 3 talks about this timeless source called the Tao. So in this first part, we talk about choosing the Tao. And it, I feel like it's something that we can actively do, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the experience section of the episode. But the line that really made me think about that was the first one. It says, to tell the virtuous from all the others, you need only one criterion. Does that person follow the Tao? Almost like, well, you can see whether the Tao is being practiced or not, mostly 
I can't judge anybody else for practicing the doubt. I, I know what I can do, right? So for me, it's totally a choice. I feel that. So that's the first part that resonated with me. And then the second part talks about this always in motion thing about the Tao. Like it's always bringing something from nothing and putting nothing back into something. It's like this constant movement. It's always changing. It's always there. And the translator talks about the substance of the Tao being impalpable and intractable. And then it's shadowy and empty and it shows itself in the spiritual realm. So we get this idea of of this manifest, unmanifest, back and forth motion of the Tao. And Lao Tzu has talked about this in several different places before. So we're kind of revisiting that in this context. And in the third part, um, we've heard also that the Tao is kind of timeless. You know, we talked about the eternal Tao before, and this seems to be a reiteration of that. Only maybe with a different twist. So Lao Tzu is saying that How does he know about the wise masters from the ancient times? Well, he uses the Tao, which has never changed. It's always kind of been the same. Okay, so those are the three parts. And to wrap it up, let's remember that verse 21 has three parts. Part one talks about choosing the Tao. Part two talks about the always in motion, something from nothing and back again nature of the Tao. And part three talks about the Tao as being this timeless source. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 21 again. Verse 21 from the Lok Sang Ho translation. To tell the virtuous from all the others, you only need one criterion. Does that person follow the Tao? The substance of the Tao is impalpable and intractable. While it is impalpable and intractable, it manifests itself in the phenomenal world and is not without substance. While it is shadowy and empty, it shows itself in the spiritual realm. The spiritual essence of the Tao is both truthful and dependable. From the ancient times till now, the name of the Tao has persisted, and it has pleased the wise masters. How do I know about these wise masters? I use the criterion mentioned above. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering the quantum Tao. There are three of them. One is choosing the Tao. Number two is the quantum Tao, the manifest and the unmanifest. And number three is observing the paradox in myself. Choosing the Tao. In the Lin Yutang translation, he starts translating by saying, the marks of great character follow alone from the Tao. And there's a footnote on the word character, and the C is capitalized. The footnote reads, De, as a manifestation of Tao, or Tao embodied, the moral principle translated by Whaley as power. And thinking about this for a while, I realized that the day he's referring to is the day of the Tao and the Tao De Jing. So here's a quick lesson. The Tao De Jing means the book of the way and its virtue. Jing means book, so that leaves Tao and Day. 
The Tao is translated as the way, so they means virtue. In this verse, from Lok Sung Ho and Lin Yutang both, the first line observes that the virtuous, or the one of character, follows the way. To put the first line into a bit of context, let's borrow a little from the duality concept again, and from verse 11 to look at this. Verse 11 talked about the spokes converging on the empty center, and the space in the center of the clay vessel that actually makes the thing useful. And we have two seeming opposites here, don't we? The space and the no space. That's where the duality comes in. So if the Tao is the way or the path, the day must be what one experiences along the way or the path. So virtue, right? I suppose this was cool for me to contemplate because it brought another sense of completeness for me and an even greater appreciation of that concept of usefulness in verse 11. Even in looking at the yin-yang symbol, I realized that one half could be the way and the other half the virtue. So in order to have it all, the manifest and the unmanifest, I must follow the Tao with the day, or at least practice day while following the Tao. (laughs) So there's a choice here, isn't there? The choice of following the Tao or not. I mean, I don't know about you, but choosing the Tao takes practice and patience for me. It's work, yo. I always have this compulsion to take action, to insert my sense of self into things. But I know that at least studying and attempting to practice the Tao, at the very basic level, I've gained a sense of peace. Less worry, less anger, less aggression, less of what Master Yoda would call the dark side. But beyond just coping with life, I've found that when I'm in harmony with the Tao, really neat things take place. And so it ceases to be just coping. I see more and more beauty around me. I think of people I haven't seen in a while and they just seem to pop into my life. Or I experience that things just work out. Things that seemed to be problems originally turn out to be things that I needed to have happen for a particular new insight. When I choose the Tao, something amazing happens. It changes not only the way I look at my life, but it actually changes my life because then I'm making choices based on the love and beauty I'm aware of instead of the struggle and fear I learned in the first half of my life. And so what seemed to be a lot of work in the beginning, choosing the Tao, seems to actually get easier. So how does this fit in with the rest of the verse? I think it's about choice and what's available once we've chosen to follow the Tao. Let's look at the idea of the quantum Tao next using the next couple of lines. The quantum Tao, the manifest and unmanifest. In every translation, there is a repetition of pattern in this verse. Impalpable and intractable, says Lok Sang Ho. Lin Yutang says the Tao is evasive and elusive. We see three levels of manifestation potential as well. Forms, things, and essence. Let's take a quick look at things on the quantum level. So, I'm not a quantum physicist, scientist, or anything like that. I've only consumed media that talks about it, so I most likely grasp quantum theory badly in the best case scenario. (laughs) 
Further, quantum theory didn't exist until the 1900s. So admittedly, I'm asking us to stretch a little bit in crossing this verse with new theories of the 20th century. Now that we've thoroughly established that you probably shouldn't listen to any of what I'm going to say, let's go ahead and get on with it. There are a couple of concepts in quantum theory that I'd like to establish first. Number one is observation and its effects. Right now, we're going to talk about particles. These are the things that are subatomic, so they're really, really, really small. Scientists found out that when they tried to observe these particles, they would actually change their states. In other words, just looking at these things, nothing else, no fields, no forces, no nothing, just looking at them, changed their behavior. Erwin Schrodinger explained this with his famous Schrodinger's cat thought exercise. The idea was that if there was a cat in a box, and we shot a beam at the box that had a 50-50 chance of killing the cat, then the cat would simultaneously be in two states until we went over to look at it, at which time the state of the cat would become singular. So killing anything isn't my thing, but the illustration is useful in helping us understand how particles occupy two states until they're observed. Okay, now there's the second concept of entanglement called, quote, spooky action at a distance, end quote, by Albert Einstein and noted by others working in quantum theory. And it's something very strange indeed. Let's take two particles that happen to be entangled. Okay, so there's nothing connecting them. In fact, let's say that particle A is in one room and particle B is in another room. And they're both moving around, just being particles. And when we go to observe particle A, it changes its state or its observable movement, just like we talked about. Well, it turns out that if particle A and B are entangled, we have observed that particle B moves the exact same way that a particle A does. Identical. Like, in real time. Which is kind of cool, but also spooky, isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> observation and entanglement. What's that got to do with the Tao? It means that by observing things, with thought even, we can change reality. And not just in our heads. If particles are naturally entangled in the universe, it means that when we think stuff, we're actually calling things into being, not only in our minds, but in physical reality as well. We are, with our mere thoughts, causing entangled particles to do stuff. The wider implication is that as expressions of the Tao, we can find ourselves directly in this verse. Elusive, evasive, latent in it are forms, latent in it are images, and latent in it is our essence. That's from the Lin Yutang translation. What's a thought? What's an intention? We could sort of define this with words and probably to a certain extent with mathematics, but there's this idea of unformed forms, undeveloped images, and this invisible life force that we talk about from time to time in the Tao Te Ching. So putting this together, we can consider this. If we change reality by mere observation, that must mean that observing our thoughts or even having thoughts affects reality. And if reality is entangled, then thinking thoughts is a way to affect reality outside of ourselves. Does this mean that now all of a sudden we're lifting X-wings out of swamps? 
Or we could make the glass of water float over to us while we're on the couch. I don't think so. <laughs> I think what this means is that it's a thing to be aware of. So that maybe we can be a little more intentional with our thoughts. If we can be aware, and this is a good reason to, then not only do we start seeing things with our inner vision, we start affecting reality with our inner vision as well. And by following the Tao. I like to appreciate this concept at the confluence of modern science and ancient spirituality. Two totally seemingly unrelatable, even irreconcilable things. And yet, they share the same line of thought. They're just expressed using different language. They're both saying that there is this continuous motion between the manifest and the unmanifest, the observed and the unobserved, that the Tao is constantly in motion. So the next section takes the idea of the infinite Tao and says that we can know it by looking inside ourselves. Observing the paradox in ourselves. Verse 21 tells us that we can know the Tao by looking at ourselves. And not only that, we can also know how things have worked from time immemorial. It's quite simple now that I think about it. I mean, it's one of those themes that keeps popping up in the Tao Te Ching, the eternal Tao. We've seen that with a short exercise in contemplating infinity, we can experience the infinite Tao in the infinite now. So what was always there is there now, and we can connect with that at any time. So if the first part of this verse says, virtue is the essence of the Tao, and the second part says that the Tao is always in motion, manifesting and unmanifesting. Then the third part says it's always been this way. The implications are as many as you can think about. So let's take a couple. The implication for knowing how things were. We can comb through any page of history and go back as far as we like. The one constant, the one thing that's been ever present is the Tao. The thing that is elusive and evasive, yet has latent forms, images, and essence in it. Though the manifestations of the Tao are constantly changing, it hasn't. So there's a sense of timelessness that I'm getting right now, you know? Like, I can tap into the ancient Tao, like, right now, because it's always been the same. And if that's the case, I've got a clue to start with any time I want to understand the ancestors of my or our collective past. Why did they do things a certain way? Why did they fight about X, Y, or Z? And how did they ever make it out? Most importantly, what can I learn? I don't need the time travel. I certainly need to do a bit of reading to understand the backdrop. But to know their feelings and take lessons, I can do that now if I can see it through the lens of the Tao. So the second implication is the implication for knowing how things are. So if at any point I'm doubtful about how things are or what reality looks like or how I am, I don't need to sit there and wonder if I'm good enough or if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. No, the Tao has always been and is here now. So in the present, I know that all is actually well, despite whatever circumstance in which I find myself exists. It may be uncomfortable. It might suck. It might be a situation where my physical life is at stake but nothing so bad that it actually affects the Tao. What's given me great solace is knowing that despite my physical form, 
I know and have evidence that I am not alone in the universe. I am surrounded by the pervasive Tao, and I am happy to be an expression of it, no matter where I'm at. So the third implication that we'll cover is the implication for knowing how things are going to be. If things were the same in ancient times, and things are the same now, that must mean that things will turn out just fine in the future, doesn't it? I suppose yes, in a certain context. Doesn't that mean, by virtue of the Tao, that no matter what happens, I'll actually be okay? Don't we struggle to see this sometimes? Even when things are really messy or we're worried about what's going to happen either within ourselves or families or at the government level? History has occurred. It's occurring now. And it'll occur tomorrow with or without our consent. So it's not really under our control. What's the point of worrying about it? (laughs) Of course, those are just a few temporal implications of what the eternal Tao means. I'd encourage you to look at a few more through whatever lens pops up for you as you go about your activities. If the Tao has always been here, how does sensing that timelessness change my perspective on relationships, on work, on leading? Okay, so that'll wrap it up today. To summarize my experience with this verse today and considering the quantum Tao, I thought about three things. Number one is choosing the Tao. Number two, I thought about the quantum Tao, the manifest and the unmanifest. And number three, I can observe the paradox in myself. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of the quantum Tao in this verse today. I can do one simple thing. I can observe all the expressions of the Tao around me. I think one of the ways we can get started in practicing this verse is to observe the world around us without placing judgments of good or bad on anything. So let's consider where we're at right now. I'm looking at a couple little bonsai trees enjoying the sunlight. Yesterday, I was in traffic on the way to the city. Maybe you're doing the same, or maybe you're doing something that doesn't require a lot of action on your part chores, or even a repetitive task. I'd like us to pause for a moment and become aware of our surroundings, the furniture that's there, maybe the noises from outside, from other people. Are there any people you can see? Let's take a moment to see everything as what it actually is, a manifestation of the Tao. Those little trees, yes, they were manipulated by a human's hand, but isn't that still a manifestation of the Tao? That furniture, sure, it came from trees and preservatives were added to it, but isn't that all material that originated from the Tao? Take it for what it is, isn't there a certain connection we can experience with it? And now those people we can see, or imagine... They too are manifestations of the Tao, aren't they? Regardless of what they say, think, or do, they never stop being manifestations of the Tao. Just like you and me. 
And that's a simple thing we can do today. To consider the principle of the quantum Tao, what we can do is we can practice observing all of the expressions of the Tao around us. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 21 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Lok Sung Ho. To tell the virtuous from all the others, you only need one criterion. Does that person follow the Tao? The substance of the Tao is impalpable and intractable. While it is impalpable and intractable, it manifests itself in the phenomenal world, and it is not without substance. While it is shadowy and empty, it shows itself in the spiritual realm. The spiritual essence of the Tao is both truthful and dependable. From the ancient times till now, the name of the Tao has persisted, and it has pleased the wise masters. How do I know about these wise masters? I use the criterion mentioned above. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.